In California's 50th congressional district, Republicans are split on who to support in the next election. Alpine Congressman Duncan Hunter is accused of misspending a quarter million dollars in campaign funds, and he is being challenged by two other high-profile Republicans. He denies all of the charges and is running again in 2020. The infighting, however, almost guarantees that the lone Democrat, Omar Kampanajar, will make it past the primary. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Michael Smolens, you're the political columnist for the Union Tribune, and recently the Union Tribune teamed up with Survey USA to do a poll about what's going on in the 50th Congressional District. What are the most important results? Well, the key thing is that the competition, as we expected, is pretty intense among the Republicans. Uh, the lone Democrat, Amar Kapanajar, has the lead, which isn't really surprising, given that, that the Republican vote is getting spread out among three pretty well-known candidates, Duncan Hunter, of course, and Carl DeMaio, the radio talk show host, uh, former city councilman, and Darrell Issa, uh, the former congressman. Uh, it's interesting because, uh, as I guess not a real surprise either, but uh, incumbent Duncan Hunter, uh, the news is not good for him. As you would expect, he's sort of trailing that whole crowd with only 11 percent. And um, of the Republicans, who's kind of the leading the pack right now? Well, it's interesting. Uh, Carl DeMaio is. Uh, he Just to give you a few, throw out a few numbers, uh, Kampanajar was favored by 31%. Uh, the question was basically, if you were to vote today, who would you vote for? Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl DeMaio got 20%, Daryl Issa 16%, and then uh, Duncan Hunter 11%, and uh, state, local state senator Brian Jones got just 4%. So uh, DeMaio has been working the district pretty hard recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't real present there, presence there before, but uh, has really been campaigning hard. Uh, so it's not a terrible surprise that he's in the, the top spot. It's kind of interesting that, that Daryl Issa, who just announced, uh, is that close to him. Certainly. And of those, uh, Daryl Issa has the most resources. He's perhaps one of the, the best financed candidates running. What are the kind of uh, battles he has to win in order to secure this seat? Because it's easy enough to have funds, but you have to you know, get people to vote. Well, Daryl Issa, as you know, has been around for a while. He was in Congress for almost two decades representing a different district. Uh, You build a record, you're subject to attack. Uh, He had some questions about his business practices before he entered Congress. Of course, he's a, you know, multi-multi-millionaire. When he was in Congress, he was said to be the richest member of Congress. Uh, so that always can come up again. It's been well reported, but uh, sometimes it always seems new to folks that, that aren't familiar with it. So there's that. Um, and the fact that he chose not to run in the district he was representing, uh, you know, he's been sort of accused of being a quitter. His comeback on that is that, uh, you know, the district changed uh, and I no longer fit the district. And it did. It became more Democratic. Mm-hmm. He's a conservative Republican. So he might have not done well earlier had he not been the incumbent, but he almost lost in 2016, and I think the writing was on the wall that he probably wasn't going to win last year. Can you give us some background on the 50th district? What makes it unique? Well, it covers a, a large swath of uh, San Diego's East County and stretches up into San Diego North County and into Southern Riverside County inland uh, areas. And uh, it's one of the most Republican and conservative di- uh, congressional districts in, in the state. So it's sort of remarkable that uh, a Democrat is in the hunt to even be mentioned as a possible winning, and Kampanajar mm-hmm. almost knocked off Duncan Hunter last year. Of course, not to go over all the details, but Duncan Hunter is under uh, indictment. He faces a trial regarding a potential or alleged misuse of campaign funds to the tune of $250,000 for his personal use. 
that's really started to weigh him down. He barely eked out a victory last year. I think people gave him the benefit of the doubt. I think there's some fatigue on that. I think that the sort of details that have come up uh, through the court proceedings have been certainly less than flattering, and that's putting it mildly. And now you've got some you know, big-time Republican candidates uh, that, that can compete where last year there really weren't. Uh, there was sort of uh, an effort not to have anybody else run. Yeah, and I imagine after hearing all of these Hunter stories, there is a degree of fatigue mm-hmm. as this kind of comes out. And as he is denied all allegations, it kind of drags the entire thing on. Well, true. And, you know, some people were wondering whether he could hang on last year. And I think that it's hard for people outside the district to to understand the, the value of the Hunter brand in that district. His father served for... 25 years in Congress. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duncan's been in there since uh, 2009, I believe it is. And almost as much as that, his military service is highly regarded there, as was his father's. But uh, Duncan Hunter signed up for the Marines after the 9-11 terrorist attack. So mm-hmm. people, even despite all his problems, still uh, that has a lot of value to folks. And you know he's got 11% there, and that 11% will be interesting, frankly, if his legal situation gets worse and he is required to step down before the primary, um, where that goes will be interesting to follow. So what happens if he does have to step down, but he's still on the ballot? Is that a possibility? Uh, it is, yes. And people could still vote for him. They uh, they would collect the votes. I think word would get out. Most people, I think, realize that, that they don't want to waste their vote. Uh, he might get some votes from people that just aren't aware, but it mm-hmm. would be very big news if he stepped down, um, you know, pled to a, some some counts or whatever. Uh, so that could happen. Uh, there's some time for that to, to play out, but we've got court cases. I mean, frankly, his whole legal case, which was supposed to be resolved uh, months before that, uh, mm-hmm. may stretch to pass the election. So the primary, any of the March primary. So he's still hanging in there. So now that we've discussed Hunter, what are some of the key things that Carl DeMaio can do to kind of better his situation and, you know, perhaps defeat ISA? Well, Carl DeMaio will probably keep doing what he's doing. You know, he, he's gained a high profile. He was very prolific, uh, not uh, city councilman representing that area, but uh, very high profile on the San Diego city council. He had run for mayor. He had run for Congress uh, unsuccessfully, but uh, his name has been out there region-wide. And he's been, uh, you know, really kind of scouring the district for support and meeting with community groups and doing the things that you would do in a very aggressive way, more so than the other candidates had been doing. Now everybody's going to be engaged because some people hadn't even announced yet. Uh, Also, his radio talk show uh, was very popular among conservatives. Mm -hmm. So he's getting a lot of support there. So I think that emphasizing those things, uh, it's one thing that's sort of interesting is right now a lot of his push is that, that you know, we can remake and the California Party. We can retake California, which is interesting because that's not really a congressional uh, yeah. matter. That's almost more of something if you're running for a state office. Uh, but obviously, he's a smart, very savvy political uh, uh, mind, and I'm sure they've done some some polling that suggests that's something that that plays well among Republicans. And I imagine East County being more rural, fewer residents, sometimes feels left out about some conversations and some policies that are made in greater San Diego County just because there are fewer people out there. Well, yes. And, uh, you know, the, the Duncan Hunter's father, uh, Duncan, it's not Duncan Hunter Sr., but uh, he was uh, gained a lot of uh, power or influence in Congress. He was uh, on the House Armed Services Committee and was the leading Republican for some years. He ran for president, by the way, mm-hmm. when he decided to step down and didn't do well. 
Um, I think that some people thought younger Duncan was on the path there, but that's another matter. In addition to all his legal problems, he's been stripped of all his committee assignments, so his effectiveness in, in Congress is really been ratcheted way down. He can cast floor votes, but that doesn't amount to a whole lot in terms of like developing legislation and working on committees. I think that that's some of the selling points from the other candidates, that they could go in and they would not have that burden of not being able to, to represent them, uh, the, the, the district on the committees, particularly Daryl Issa, because he gained a certain amount of seniority. He was the chair of the House Oversight Committee when mm-hmm. Republicans were in control of Congress. Uh, for a good while. And he would get that seniority back under the rules, which I'm not really familiar with, but uh, apparently he would step in to have some top committee assignments. So that's a big selling factor. Yeah. So I imagine among the more politically involved politicos, that's kind of the advantage of voting for ISA versus DeMaio uh, is that seniority. Well, that's certainly the case that that, uh, um, ISA makes. Uh, DeMaio his uh, pitch is also that you know he's not of the Washington establishment. The Washington establishment is, if not corrupt, has all sorts of problems. Daryl Issa has been of that establishment. And frankly, there had been criticism that, that uh, Daryl Issa had become a creature of Washington and to some degree may have neglected his uh, previous district, which was up in North County along mm-hmm. the coast and Southern Orange County. And um, uh, you know that combined with the, the, the Trump effect, as I say, uh, sort of did him in. Yeah, one of the most interesting things, because you mentioned Trump, is that this survey asked what these what people in the 50th thought about impeachment, and 61% say that they want whoever's voting in Congress to have a fair mind. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised by that? Well, I mean, uh, the question was, uh, you know, I mean, are people naturally going to like, yes, they want people to have a fair mind. Um, you know, they, uh, 20% said that they should def- automatically defend Trump, uh-huh. and 16% said they, they should fight to remove Trump. But I think most people of those 61% that say keep an open mind probably have an idea as to where they're coming from, but they still want to kind of leave the door open. And I think most people, even if, you know, a lot of people, even if they kind of have their minds made up, want to keep that at least image, if not reality, of keeping an open mind until they actually see how things lay out. Mm -hmm. And as things have been going on, support for impeachment has increased slightly. Yeah. What is interesting is that uh, uh, among the issues people were concerned about, Trump was a big issue and where the candidates were on that character was a huge issue. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that it'll be interesting to see what kind of effect that has. Obviously, that's something that you would think hurts Duncan Hunter with all the not just the financial shenanigans he's been accused of, but the personal stuff that has come out in terms of uh, his social life and, and dealings with other people and, and women outside of his marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that involve, uh, you know, Daryl Issa because of, you know, in terms of character regarding the, the business stuff that he's been accused of doing? And he had never was convicted uh, of, of stuff or even went to trial, but uh, there were some accusations floating around early in his business career when he was much younger. Um, you know, Carl DeMaio, some people have some issues with him. So uh, we'll see how that happens. But that's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, and the border uh, security, of course, was very mm-hmm. big as well. Certainly. Yeah. When it comes to the character question, it kind of seems that Amar Kambanajar kind of has the advantage there because relatively being younger, you know. Well, yes. Uh, I, you know, I haven't looked at the numbers, but um, uh, he does better on the character thing than some of the others. Um, what is interesting is one of the entries in the race we haven't talked about, uh, State Senator Brian Jones, um, he, his main thrust is that 
I'm from the district. He served uh-huh. on the, the Santee City Council. He served in the State Assembly and now the State Senate from that district. It goes without saying, but he does say it anyway, that, that neither uh, Daryl Issa nor Carl DeMaio actually live in the district. Mm-hmm. But they are very familiar with it. They've been working on it. And, of course, you don't have to live in the district to, to represent one in Congress. Uh, but in terms of people's opinion of him, uh, like 52 percent said they were, were unfamiliar with him enough to have an opinion, positive or negative opinion, which I found interesting because if his whole campaign is 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 based on the notion that I'm really the local guy, people know me, I've been on the ballot many, many times, that's a pretty big uh, unfamiliar number. Yeah, and I imagine part of that comes from what people pay attention to when it comes to local politics and even state politics. It Most people don't pay a ton of attention to that. This is just anecdotal and, and just from my view over the years, but uh, nothing I've uh, certainly quantified through polls. But I've always felt that, that people are probably more familiar with their local mayors, certainly, and city mm-hmm. council members than state assembly members and often state senators. Not always. I mean, you have high-profile people here in San Diego County. We've got Tony Atkins, the president pro tem of the state senate, and Lorena Gonzalez, who's you know a huge presence in Sacramento. People know who they are, but a lot of times if you ask people who their assembly person is, they'll have to scratch their head a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, still several months, a year until yeah. the election. So it's- Pol- Polls are fun, but yeah. you know this is just getting going, and it was taken just after both Isa and, and uh, Brian Jones officially entered the race. Uh, a few other fellows decided not to run. They had said they were running, but basically stood aside and are backing Daryl Issa. So a lot has to transpire. We'll see. And you know, I think that you'll see some very tough campaigning, and who that hurts the most uh, will probably determine uh, how this, this turns out. But it, it seems... Most people, I think, expect that Kampa Najjar will get into the November election. Mm-hmm. It's a top two primary that we have. The top two vote-getters, regardless of party, advance to November. And there's enough Democrats and independent support that it would be very hard for two Republicans, particularly of the, this level, uh, to, to advance now that Kampa Najjar is, is pretty well known in the district. All right. Michael Spolins. Thank you so much. Thank you. In other political news... Doug Manchester says he's matching up to $1 million in donations to the Bahamas. He's currently waiting to be confirmed as a U.S. ambassador there. The archipelago was hit by Hurricane Dorian early last month, and it was the most catastrophic storm that has hit the islands ever. Manchester, who developed much of San Diego's downtown waterfront, owns a home in the Bahamas in the area that was not hit by the hurricane. Using his aircraft, he sent about 2,000 pounds of supplies to the country. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can also hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union Tribune. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to uniontrib.com slash podcasts. Until next time.